0: verse, one verse, verse 18. Just one word out of the verse caught my attention and with the help of God I hope I can get your attention with it tonight. Luke chapter 2 verse number 18. And all they that heard it, what's the next word? Wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. One verse again. And all they that heard it wondered. With the help of God, I want to preach on, let's get back The wonder, redefining Christmas. Let's go to the throne of grace one more time. I'm going to ask Brother David to lead us to the throne of grace. Amen. You can be seated. A clear night sky. Peaceful shepherds watching over the flock at night. A peaceful town called Bethlehem at the outskirts of the big city, of Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary laying comfortably next to the baby Jesus on a bed of straw while animals peacefully stroll around. The world is full of joy. And and wait a minute. That's not what the story is like at all. That's 20th century Christmas pageant stuff. The reality of that day was this. There was terrible political unrest. I seem to be a little loud to me, maybe not to them. Maybe not cut it down. They might sleep. They might go to sleep. Don't do that. Anyway, uh, terrible political unrest. Politicians were hated and not trusted. Matter of fact, there was a move to throw the bums out of Jerusalem. Overspending of the government had caused huge new taxes to be created. That forced the need for Joseph and Mary to be traveled back to register to, for another round of new taxes. The religious institutions were getting more and more involved with the politics of the day instead of filling the spiritual needs of the people. Interesting, divorce that day was widespread, almost at 50% mark then. Now it's about 52, 53%. Abortion was common. Historians have said that dead babies often seem floating through sewer lines into the city. The court systems were corrupt. Criminals were constantly being set free for a price. Nations were constantly battling and redrawing boundaries. And there was a great nervousness and struggle with the people. The disparity between the rich and the poor was getting greater and greater as the days passed. It's hardly the picture of our first Christmas most people have. Even the healthy religious people of that day were losing the hope that a Messiah would even come. They'd been saying that for hundreds of years. He's not showed up. And things seem to be just spiraling out of control and getting worse and worse. During all this turmoil and helplessness, God makes His appearance in human form in the baby Jesus. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will towards me, and in the worlds it was one of the world's darkest i need you I need you to to really get it was it was one of the world's darkest hours of history and yet in the midst of this great darkness god sends a great light without much imagination we can see the world's not much difference than what our world is today One great fact. That day, Jesus came. And when Jesus came, it redefined a lot of things. Dear Christian, tonight, I'm convinced if we would if we could fall in love with Jesus one more time, it would redefine a lot of things in our lives. If we could somehow this Christmas give Jesus the podium, give Jesus the pedestal, Give Jesus the priority it could possibly redefine your Christmas. Question Are you stressed? Are you uh, on edge? I, I stopped at a store today and just waiting, you know, to uh pay for something and, and the woman just looked back at her, she said she she just like slumped. She said, "I don't know if I'm going to make it today." I thought, "Okay, okay," <laughs> and uh, and you know, I thought, "You gonna come over the counter?" And, and you know, I didn't know what to expect. People are stressed to uh, to no no ends, and yeah, maybe tonight we could start in just us, maybe. This people here tonight. Oh, I, I'm preaching to you. You, you're who I'm talking to. We could define, redefine Christmas. So, where do we start? May I say, first of all, it has to be redefined. Christmas has to be redefined in our homes. Before God ever built a church, He built a home. I said earlier, It was a desperate society. Luke 2, 1 and 3, And it came to pass, In those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. I I, I never grasped that to just the other day. I want you to know, that decree, could you imagine going over the entire world? Not the United States, not Russia, not everyone. He made a decree to tax them. And this tax was made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. It was a time of great pressure. I said earlier the government was spending huge amounts of money. The the Roman Empire was in was uh, the the reigning kingdom, if you will. And the Roman Empire was, was very powerful. As a matter of fact, there was no uh, outside group destroyed the Roman Empire. It imploded. It, it exploded from the inside out. Nothing from the outside destroyed it. It destroyed from the inside out. It imploded, and one of the reasons that it imploded was this: that because it come a time when there was more people, there was more people in a well, welfare system than people paying in, and just to keep keep it up, they started taxing and taxing and taxing until finally there was no there was no taxing, and literally. They 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 could not survive and they imploded and it was destroyed from the inside out. It was a time of great pressure. I mean, politicians were corrupt. Scandal was common. Have you heard anything scandals lately? Man, do, have we had any scandals in the news lately? Is it not? I mean. <laughs> Every day, somebody done something. And it caused a, a great sense of desperation in the country. Parents were frustrated on how to raise healthy kids in this kind of environment. And it was in this atmosphere, in this environment, that a miracle did happen. Jesus was born. Now I want you to understand something. No miracle in history has been greater than the birth of Jesus except the resurrection of Christ. And the world was changed when Jesus entered into it. And it starts in a home. Only Jesus can profoundly change the behavior uh, of a man. Nothing else, no other thing can one day an atheist was uh on a street corner and he had gathered a great crowd and and he, he was just absolutely blasting Christianity and and uh, and, and Christ and, and the word of God in church and doing all that he could. And uh a, a little girl walked up in the midst and said, Sir, sir. I don't know why all that's true about that or not, but I know this. My daddy used to be a drunk till he got saved. We used to be had to hide till he got saved. We used to have to go done, done without. We went hungry. We uh we, we and mom was hurt until he got saved. But when daddy got saved, everything changed. So I don't know about what you're saying, but I know this. My daddy changed Jesus is the one that changes. I love his story. An old longshoreman, he was, he was known for being so mean and violent. As a matter of fact, when he would come home, they almost dreaded seeing him walk up the path. Because they knew two things would happen. One, he would be drinking. And second, they knew that they would probably be beaten. And so he came in, and right down the road from the house, they put up a tent for a tent meeting. And uh, uh, they started playing the music, and you could hear just come up. And the man started preaching, and he started drinking. He said, Why didn't I want not in that fashion. What right in the world is that down there? He said, if they start that mess up tomorrow, I'm going to go down and bust some heads. Sure enough, music started. He'd been drinking all day long. Started, here he, here he went. And his wife almost, she almost dreaded because she knew someone was going to get hurt. He walked in the tent, and to his amazement, he was met with another longshoreman. That he knew. He said, hey, boy, I'm glad to see you. Come with me. We'll just set you up on front. Took him, took him straight to the front of the tent. And the preacher, just that old leather lung finger-pointing, uh, hellfire, damnation preacher, just preached to him. And to his amazement, when he got done, the longshoreman bowed and asked Christ to come in his heart and save him. Afterwards, he asked the preacher, what I do now? He said, well, you ought to go home and have devotions with your family. So he starts up the road. His wife sees him. She runs the children up into their bedroom. His wife comes in and he hollers for it. She says, old man, old man, leave the youngins alone and just don't beat me tonight. He said, "Mama, I'm not going to do none of that. He said, bring the young'uns down here. And he got them around. He said, "The said, pre- I got saved tonight at that tent. And the preacher said, I'm supposed to have devotions. So he got all the youngins and wife down. And his wife said, now what, what do we do now? He said, well, I don't rightly know. Don't rightly know. But if you'll give me a minute, I'll think of something. He said, and he remembered, the queen had come through the city. And as she passed through, they would, they would throw things in there and say, Hooray for the queen. Hooray for the queen. He said, I think I know what we can do. So he gathered them all around and he started saying, Hooray to Jesus. Hooray to Jesus. And the thing that will change our families is going to be Jesus. I have a purpose in the sermon tonight, it's not just a Christmas message. Now, I'm going to get right real personal. You can call it meddling if you like. It really doesn't make any difference to me. I'm going to ask you three questions. I want everybody to listen. How many love your youngins? I mean, you love your youngins. Okay. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you youngins, you're comfortable, you are comfortable dying with what they got. I know I'm challenging. You're comfortable dying with what they have. With the God they have, the Christ they have. You say, well, I'm about to be comfortable with one or two of them. One or two of them, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure I'm comfortable dying with what they got. Number three, this next week we have an opportunity to get our families together. And if you do anything else, if you do anything else, Accept share Jesus, then you've done a great discredit to your family. You said you loved your youngins. If you're not sure they're saved, if there's any question of doubt in your mind they're saved, then sometime this week, I don't care if you gotta get them, grab them by the arm, say that's mean you walk outside by their self. I don't care what you they'll get mad. I'd rather them be mad than die and go to hell. You hear what I said? I would rather my children be mad and instead of dying one day and dropping off into a burning hell without Christ, I'd rather them be mad. I can handle them being mad. I can't handle them going to hell. We have an opportunity. And one of the ways we got to do is in this desperate society, Jesus came, and amidst all the pressures, all the 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 chaos, a dependable Savior came. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the In that desperate world was a couple desperate situations. I mean, they were desperate. I mean, she's nine months pregnant, traveling by camel. There's no room. I, I, I noticed that she married Jesus in clothes and placed him in a manger. But in this time of great chaos... And desperate situation. God's great plan to change the course of history was in full swing. Here's the question Are they listening? Are they listening? Are are they hearing? Are they listening? God is changing history. The majority of the people that day didn't hear. I dare say, no more than we have tonight, there'll be some that don't hear. I believe there's was service. A certain amount of people... How many knows that you can sit on a church pew, smile at the preacher, and not listen to a thing he says? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Are they listening? God sends a message. But would God be willing to receive the news? During this time, while you got your families together, I'm honest with you. If I wasn't wasn't confident, if I wasn't confident, the best I can be, I know the only one I'm absolutely sure of is me. Amen? That I know. But if I wasn't confident, my children or grandchildren, we got a grandson. we're We're talking to him. We're talking to him. We're talking to him. Every chance we get. I, I, I'm honest. If I wasn't sure, and you, we, we, where, it's amazing, we'll, we'll go to nth degree to, to please them and get exactly what they want. And we want them happy and we want them, uh, smiling, well pleased. But are we buying gifts just for them to go to hell on? Lord, may we, this, may we define redefine it in our homes and get back the wonder. Matter of fact, let me say this. Are you listening? Are you listening? I love what I... I read this the other day. I just love it. The preacher said, I won't be so full of God that a mosquito bites me, flies off singing, there's pine in the blood. There ought to be so much wonder in our homes, in our lives that our children ought to know that there's something different if we're not saved, if they're not saved. They may not they may not agree, they may not understand it, but they ought to know there's something different. How many will be listening for the marvel that God had done in celebration of Christmas. For the world, for the world, it's a temporary celebration. They're already planning, they're already planning after Christmas sales. And some of God's people are more interested in after Christmas sales, 50% off, 75%, than they are the wonder of Christmas, and that is Jesus. My. Are they listening? Well, some listened that day. Some heard. His birth drew Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Amen. Augustus Caesar was ruling, but God was in charge. He used used Caesar's etiquette to move Mary and Joseph 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill His Word. But God's in charge. His birth drew angels from heaven. How amazed the angels must have been when they saw the Creator born as a creature and the Word coming as a speechless baby. Could you imagine what the angelic hosts thought of that? And they... Wonder, angels wonder at why you and I don't wonder what stolen I wonder why, why don't we wonder his birth do shepherds from the field, so maybe we define Christmas in the home. Number two, may we redefine Christmas in the house of God when he was old enough you realize the first place they took Jesus was to the house of God and when the days of our purification according to the law of Moses was accomplished they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord now there's two things he redefined the house of God when he showed up he defined two specific areas number one Salvation. Luke 2.25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death, before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to him for after the custom of the law, then he took him up his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us, thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This year, this year, it's going to share this in a couple of weeks, but I'll share it tonight. This year, we know of at least 18 people that's got saved in our church and baptized. We know there's probably more, but for some reason or another, we didn't write it down. But we, said, well, we wrote down those that were baptized. We know we had 18 this year. Do you realize tonight... Hundreds of churches will meet tonight, Sunday, and the rest of the year and go year after year after year and never have anyone to walk the aisle and trust Christ as your Savior. It needs to be redefined. When Jesus comes to church, it redefines everything. Notice something in this passage. The Holy Ghost, listen, I going to help some of you now. The Holy Ghost don't want you talking about Him. He wants you talking about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, He lives up. Jesus. The Spirit of God pointed out Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Needs Jesus. Notice the second thing that was redefined at the house of God. She was a widow about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served the God with fasting and prayers night and day, Anna. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him of all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. There was salvation at the house of God, there was sharing. She spoke to everyone. She spoke of Him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She shared. So right by this church, just in a few weeks, we're going to be in a brand new year. And there's nothing, there's nothing greater than They will do. I love the bus ministry. I love our Sunday schools. I love our patch club. I love all that we do. I'm going to love being back on the radio. I love all that. But the greatest thing you and I can do is share the gospel story to a lost and dying world, and we got to be about it, and we can't wait. We can't wait to a convenient time. Everywhere, every place we go, we got to share that story. If, If Christmas, if we get the wonder back, if we get the wonder back, then it becomes natural for us to share Jesus. It just becomes a natural thing to do. Just getting the wonder back. We need to redefine Christmas in our homes. We need to redefine Christmas at the house of God. But then I'll tell you where it really needs to be redefined. Probably more than any words else. It'll not be redefined in your home till it's redefined here. You'll not redefine it in the house of God till it's redefined here. That's redefining it in our hearts. That's where it's got to really be redefined. In Luke 2.18, and all that heard it, wondered. Wondered. The shepherds, they were just filled with wonder in their hearts. I'm amazed And what we're filled with at times. Yet may it be a great heart for God. Gifts they brought symbolized their heart for Jesus. The gift of gold. They recognized Christ's ultimate authority as king. The gift of frankincense. Stuff used in temple to symbolize worship. Gift of myrrh was used in two ways. It used to anoint dead bodies for burial, but it was also used, kings used myrrh as like, a, like you would wear a cologne or a perfume. One thing for sure and certain, it covered the stench of death. Myrrh had the power to cover the stench of death and Christ's power to cover the power of death. They brought all those gifts, but before they gave them gifts, they gave Jesus something else. It is by far. Let me tell you how powerful this gift is. Satan said to Jesus as he tempted him, he said, See the world, all that is, I'll give to you if you'll do just this one thing. He desires that more than all the silver all the gold, and Jesus desires that more than anything else we could ever do. If we do this right, church, if we do this right, then God will have a free reign to everything else in our life. And the Bible says... And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. Did you see that? Before they gave him anything from their hands. Are you listening? Before they give anything from their hands, they bowed their heart and worshipped the King of glory. You know what the one thing is? God desires from His people more than anything else. He desires our worship. Now I want to tell you a little secret. Every one of us, every one of us worship something. Some people worship themselves. Some people worship money. Some people worship material things. But then there's a few that truly have a desire to worship God. Worship was the first and the best and the greatest. It is the one thing. Saints said, Jesus, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you the world. Only when we worship first do the material gifts we give have meaning. They came not as Gentiles to a, a Jewish king. They came as a man, as men seeking a Savior. And the cradle must be understood in the shadow of the cross. Jesus had sent an invitation to us as well. He made us clear of His love and His intentions towards sinful man. He embraced humanity with all all of its faults and all of its problems, but without sin and he literally will redefine Christmas in your heart and that 's why it needs to be redefined Christmas in your heart and Mom and daddy, listen to me i I, I know I. Look, I'm gonna preach Sunday. Lord allows me to on the gift that takes a lifetime to unwrap, that big gift. And I know kids and they're excited about, about presents. But may I encourage you before you allow any gifts to be opened? And of course, you wait till Christmas. You don't open gifts for Christmas, right? I said right. You don't open Christmas stuff before Christmas. Got to wait to Christmas, right? <laughs> before you open a gift, somebody needs to say, "Hold it, time out." Do you know what it's about? Do you know why we celebrate this time of year? And need to make sure that our children know that it's about a Jesus that came to be worshipped. You know. We're not careful now listen to me'm I'm, I'm done but we're not careful this world can steal a worship how many realize this how many realize how many of you know i just I just love my grandchildren how many has anybody got any doubts that I love my grandchildren when Elijah was nine months old you can tell it now but he had to have, He had a cancer. Had a whims tumor. Took out, and and had to have treatments. And but I remember before that took place. I'm t- he was the first one. How many remembers what it means to have the first one? He's the first grandchild on both sides. Uh, uh, Connie and Jason. Did how many children? And I mean, boy, he was just he was just spoiled. It still is. But that I realized in that hospital room, I went to an altar and I said, God, he's yours. Now I know I'm, I'm not, uh, he's not an Isaac and I'm not an Abraham. But I felt like God said, saying, that's, that's right, I, I want him off the table of your heart because I'm the only one worthy of worship. If we're not careful, we'll worship our grandchildren. Are you listening? We'll worship our children. And all these things, God said, "No, no, no! I'm not taking second place to that. I want first place." It's ironic in that day that those that were far away came to worship Christ, but those very close, right in around where He was at, none of them ever came to worship. They missed it. Those far away came, and the shepherds wondered. May we get back our wonder this year. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bow and every eye closed. You've listened so well this evening.